Welcome in to Monday Madness Sports Talk, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago sports and beyond, right here on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. talking the latest in Chicago sports and beyond. So let's get us started today with episode 211, all the way from Harper College Radio to Radio DePaul Sports. On every other week on 88.3 FM and always on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. So let's get us started today. A shorter episode today, but still madness. So let's get into it. Here on August 16th, 2021. Glad to have you with me on this beautiful Monday. We've had some great weather here in Chicago of late. Say room temperature weather. That's the kind of weather we need. And the sports that we need here in Chicago are coming back slowly but surely. Most notably football as the Bears' first preseason game was on Saturday. Super excited about that. And we got to see Justin Fields play and also succeed on the field against the Miami Dolphins. Propelling the Bears to a preseason win. Now, obviously it doesn't count. But it's nonetheless encouraging to see your potential starting quarterback, rookie quarterback, do the things that he is supposed to do. I'm going to get into that first thing, actually. I'm going to talk football first. Uh, I know I usually get baseball first, but today I'll mix it up a little bit. I'm going to do football first because we haven't done football in a while, really since the Super Bowl and a couple of notable off-season transactions. The last time I talked football was when Justin Fields was drafted and me able to talk about the the significance of the draft from this season. And uh, also, I talked about Allen Robinson not getting a, a contract extension. So, going to get into that. And also, the O-line. Talk about the maybe some fantasy draft stuff. Um, so, football stuff coming up for a segment. Second segment, then I'll get into some baseball talk. Chicago White Sox will be the highlight of that, um, obviously, because they're, you know, the good team here in Chicago. So, I got to highlight the good team here as they deserve it. The one team that doesn't deserve praise, though, is the Chicago Cubs. Yet on another 11-game losing streak, the second 11-game losing streak since the Cubs threw a combined no-hitter. Since that combined no-hitter, the Cubs have gone 10-35 and 35 on pace to possibly be a 100-loss team this season. Uh, very, very, very heartbreaking stuff in the north side, but honestly, it could be for the best. Um, we don't have any more expectations for this Cubs team, so why... Why worry at this point until the offseason when free agency comes? Uh, so that's baseball for today. Also, kind of update you on the standings and power rankings 
And then I'm going to end the show probably talking maybe a little soccer, maybe a little UFC. And then that's really it. Nothing too big today. Those are the two big topics I want to discuss today is football and baseball here on the 211th episode of Monday Madness Sports Talk here on this beautiful Monday afternoon on August 16th, 2021. See you in a bit. To the 211th edition of Monday Madness Sports Talk here on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. This is a familiar intro song. It's BVRNOUT and Chromaticus. Follow your heart featuring Cadence Luden. So, getting into it here with some football. Like I said, haven't done this in a little bit, but it is time after the first preseason game. Football is closer than we think. It's what, three weeks away? When's when's opening day? Three weeks away? Is that really how it is? Um, It's going to start in September. We all know that, but I mean, I didn't even realize it was August, and it's August 16th. Obviously, I know it's August, but it doesn't feel like August. Everything has been going by so fast. So fast. As NFL opening day is on Thursday, September 9th, three weeks away, literally 21 days from now, we will have football. Actually, no, I'm wrong. (laughs) Well, what, 24 days if I'm correct? And then, yeah, yeah, still close enough. So everybody's got to start planning your draft nights. I know I will be planning my draft night very soon with the boys. You know who you are, and I will... Of course, every week, be able to uh, talk about my fantasy matchups and my fantasy uh, tips. I'm not the best fantasy player, but I know who's hot and who's not. And right now, I think Justin Fields is pretty hot. Not saying you should trap Justin Fields. I'm just saying he's a hot topic when you talk about upcoming quarterbacks. Now, maybe in the next two or three years, he will be the best quarterback slot in the fantasy draft. Who knows? I'm thinking he's going to be top five. That's my that's my prediction. But uh, right now, it's all about Mahomes. I don't know what Deshaun Watson and his um, sexual allegation case. He's got 22 allegations against him. There's so many different allegations going around in all sports that it's kind of concerning. Um, not just for the players, but just for the the issue itself. And um, that, that really makes me... Um, kind of double think about players and their character because you know as a professional athlete you have to act like a professional and some of these athletes don't whether or not of course um you aren't alleged doing something illegal your character does define a lot of how you represent and how you become a role model and which is why you look up to players like justin fields because so far he has been acting like a role model like People, like kids are looking up to his IQ and his ability to play the game to, to the level that he does and the level that he loves the game. And he loves the fans here in Chicago. So it's super, super alleviating to kind of 
have a quarterback and have that mentality back that the Bears needed, at least they needed to have four years ago. So it's exciting. And what Justin Fields did in his, what, 35-something yard pass, um, touchdown pass, and his 20-yard touchdown run, I was like 15-yard touchdown run or something like that, getting through the defense, slipping through, and, you know, he looked like Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. Like, the way he's able to escape, he had a sidearm throw at one point. He looked great. And that's encouraging. That's something the Bears needed. But something that that isn't as encouraging is watching the O-line crumble to injuries. It's concerning. So, looking at this Bears schedule, it's a tough one. It is one of the tougher schedules, I would think, out of a lot of teams in the NFC North. And if the Bears can prove that they are a playoff-worthy team, they should be able to win nine games. My prediction is I think they will go 500 this season at 8-8. Eight and eight. Actually, no, that's impossible because it's a 17-week season. I think they're going to go, I'd give them 9-8. and eight. I'm not going to say 8-9. and nine. I'm going to say 9-8. and eight. I think that's the best prediction. I think week one where the Bears face the Rams, I think they're going to lose that game because you're going to have all Andy Dalton starting and the O-line's still going to be a little bit banged up and I don't know. I don't know, maybe the Rams the Rams do have tendencies to throw these kinds of games, especially early on in the season. So the Bears maybe have caught the Rams at a good time um, at the beginning. So who knows? That's a, that's a Sunday night game. So, uh, you know, the Bears starting off on national television, that could, you know, add to, uh, you know, it could be an extra factor for them to, to do something great. Um, and the following, they got Cincinnati coming in town uh, with Jordan Burroughs. That's going to be a fun game at Soldier Field. And then the following week, they go to Cleveland for a game against the Browns. So that's the first three games. You got to give them two out of those three games. You got to beat the Bengals and you got to beat the Browns. The Browns might be a little bit better than they were the past couple years, but you still got to beat the Browns. If you want to be a playoff team, you got to beat the Browns. So I get if the Bears can win the first two out of the three games in this season, I think that will be a proper start um, to something great. And then moving forward from there, they have the Lions, Raiders. Packers, Buccaneers, 49ers, and Steelers. So if that doesn't beg for a very hard first half, I don't know what does. That's why it's super imperative to win in the first half at least five games. You know, the Bears beating the Packers at home on October 17th would be huge going into the game where the Bears have to go to Tampa to face the defending champions, the the Buccaneers, in which the Bears did beat last season. And then they go back home to face the 49ers, another tough team. Well, a potential tough team, if I may say. And then the Steelers. And then the Ravens. So, I think the biggest week will be that December 20th game against the Vikings in week... Is that 14? Yeah, 14. That's going to be a very tight... That's the last... That's the first game against the Vikings. And then... The last game of the season is also against the Vikings. So the Bears don't see the Vikings until December 20th. And I think the Vikings could be one of the frontrunners in this division. If not, yes, the Packers, in which the Bears do face um, also on December 12th and October 17th. So a very interesting 17-game season. For this to be a 17-game season immediately following, we're still in the pandemic, during a pandemic, really, is remarkable to me. I mean... 
to think that they're going to play an extra game during a pandemic. Um, I don't think it makes a difference. Of course, it's just one game, but I just, it just, it's, it's ironic is what I'm getting towards. Um, but I like, I, I, I like the way this bear season schedule is formatted. I, I think that it's, it provides a lot of difficulties for this Bears team in which I think Justin Fields needs to be exposed to, especially this young offensive line and a couple of young defenders and a defense that is honestly more uh, veteran than rookie. So I'm just concerned about the health of this Bears team because if they don't stay healthy, if there aren't any injuries, it really could make a difference between a winning and a losing season because that's exactly what happened last year. Nobody ever puts injuries into account, but also at the same time, some players aren't, you know, their their routines have changed this year because of the pandemic. And you never know how those routines could change the way your body is framed and the way that you play. It makes things difficult. So I predict this Bears team will, if they do not have any significant injuries this season, they can go 10-7. and seven. If they do, I'd say they'd go eight and nine. If not, nine and eight. But my prediction is nine and eight this season. I think that's a proper prediction. Um, just because I don't want to raise expectations. It's the first year with Justin Fields. Still got an O line you got to work through, and then the next year's draft you can bolster that again. You won't even have to worry about a quarterback unless Justin Fields does something nearly impossible. Maybe a really bad injury. God forbid. I hate that I mentioned it, but knock on wood. Everybody, stay healthy, please. Bears, stay healthy. That's all I got to say. Um, but if I look at the standings, you know, my predictions in the NFC East, I think that the Cowboys are going to run away with it this season, if not the Eagles. Um, but they, they were the worst conference last season. I just remember talking about the NFC last season. There was like not even a team above 500 making the playoffs, so um, which is crazy. The NFC West, you got the Arizona Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks. I think that's going to be the best division this season. Um, I got the uh, I, I I got to put my faith in the Seahawks this season. I think that they can have a, a good push. In the NFC North, I really think that this being the last year of Aaron Rodgers, the, pair, the Packers are going to win this division this year. Um, Vikings being in second and the Bears being in third. But I would love the Bears to surprise me and really, really win this NFC North in the last year that Aaron Rodgers is a part of the Packers. If not, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but the Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to admit that right now just so that I can get those thoughts out of my head. Um, but yeah. I'm looking at the NFC South. Uh, I, I'm going to predict that um, the Saints are going to come out of the South or not the Buccaneers. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to say Buccaneers, 17-0. I mean, I think that's the one team that's closest enough to go to the 17-0, but if there's one team to uh, pose a threat to them, it's the Saints. Panthers, I don't really see the Falcons going anywhere. Um, but that's my predictions in the National Football Conference and the American Football Conference. <laughs> AFC East. Let's look at the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets. I'm, I'm gonna. My expectations are a little higher this year on the Patriots. You know, Bill Belichick got a year with Cam Newton. Now we can really, really start, you know, pushing on the gas pedal a little bit. Um, but the Dolphins also, I think, um, could pose a threat. And then the Bills, 
Bills last year were great. I would love to see the Bills win. But uh, there's two teams there that I really do expect to do good. AFC West, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, and Chargers obviously got the Chiefs winning that division. Um, AFC North, Ravens, Bengals, Browns, and Steelers. I'm going to say Steelers in that division. That's why, you know, every most of these teams that I'm announcing, the Bears are going to be facing. At least, you know, the Raiders are going to be a tough task for the Bears as well. Um, but then the Steelers, Bengals, and Browns, and Ravens. The Bears are playing in the whole AFC North. Um, AFC South got the Texans, Colts, Jaguars, and Titans. I got the, I got the Colts winning this 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 season in the AFC South, but I think that's going to be the closest division. Um, in the AFC is the is the South division. Um, but uh, yeah, just running through everything there with my predictions on what's going to happen this season, but that could change over time here in the preseason. Um, I'm just really excited to get to the fantasy week. Um, once uh, fantasy week. Starts to be starts to come around the corner. Um, I will start making some fantasy tips, fantasy choices. Um, you know, I'm I'm in a league of ten this season, so anybody who even thinks that I need more football knowledge, in which I'm already thinking that you think that I should, um, please by all means tell me tell me what I think I need. I mean, um, I don't know what pick in the draft I am. Last year I was first, but this year I hope not to be first because I really. Honestly, and I said this last year, if you're first pick in the draft in any fantasy draft, I think that's too much pressure. I mean, if the the first pick is an obvious first pick, yeah, but not always that works out. Like, you, you might feel the pressure of choosing someone else. You know, if you're always the first pick and you're listening to this podcast right now, you know, you know that you always have that one second, even if, if it's an obvious first pick choice, you always have that split second saying, hmm, should I actually pick this guy? I always have that, but I hope that I'm like fourth or fifth, something like that where, you know, the main guys are, three main guys are taken off the board and um, I can have room to make my own decision, you know, um, maybe someone that's like um, being overlooked, you know, I liked, gra- I like grabbing the guys that are overlooked because I do believe that there are going to be more than 60% of the time them scoring at least 15 to 20 points a game. That's what I need from a player but not from the first round. In the first round, I need a guy that can score, on average, 17 points a game. Um, If not, even 20, Um, which is important to me because I didn't have a guy last year who who had that consistency. So that's what I'm looking for this season. Um, But uh, you never know. It's a very unpredictable game football is with injuries and um, playing time and especially with this new 17-game season and the pandemic. Um, it's kind of a free, it really, I'm not too worried about where I'm being picked in the draft this season. I'm just worried about the way that I approach it in terms of the situation. Cause if you're the last pick of the draft approach, it, you got 10th and 11th pick, right? You know, you got two major picks in a row. Like don't even fret. Like I, I won't even mind having last pick in the draft. That gives me more leeway and picking two guys instead of one. And if you're ninth, you got a pick in two more and that's if you're, you're doing a snake draft that's uh that's if you're doing snake if you're doing another style you know do your best i wish you the best of luck and i hope that i provided you some some confidence and um, i'm glad to remind you that right around the corner i mean you can draft right now if you really wanted to but right around the corner i mean be ready um i might even do a mock draft tonight um just for the heck of it, just so I can uh, 
kind of get an idea of the draft board. I'm just going to probably get into a random league, do a draft, not care about that league, and um, kind of practice who who should I pick. And I think that's the strategy I'm going to take this year for the draft and what I think you should do. Maybe have like a like do like a random fantasy league and with random people. Don't have to talk to. Maybe if you make a friend, that'll be fun, right? Uh, just stranger danger, you know. Uh, um, but it, if you want to really practice, just join a random league or do a mock draft. Um, I might do a mock draft, but I also want to join a random league so I can at least put myself in a position to be like, oh, maybe this guy should be in front of this guy, or this guy should be in front of that guy, or maybe somebody else would give me an idea. Who knows? Kind of bounce ideas off of other players. Um, that could work. So um, that's my tip for now, at least approaching fantasy draft um but it's exciting i love fantasy football it's the best fantasy out there um it really gives me a chance to uh be competitive with my friends um and in times where i'm not as competitive during the year and we don't talk about fantasy football until fantasy football comes and now the season is here so uh good luck to you and fantasy and good luck to the chicago bears and all you bears fans that uh um, are really, really hoping for a good season. And I, I, I hate to downplay them a little bit considering the hype from the draft, but um, I really can't set a high expectations right now. It's just hard for me to do that because usually when I set high expectations for the Bears like I did in 17 and 18, it just all went to went to the, to the dump, if I may say. And it didn't work out in the end. So I, I want to make sure that you know my expectations are in the right spot because if the Bears do end up winning and winning 13 games... You never know. I'd rather be wrong in that sense than right. And I'd rather be right in the sense where the Bears lose more games than you think that they're going to win. So um, that's what I really, really want to approach this season at. Um, So all I got to say, Virginia McCaskey, feel free to sell the team whenever you want. I don't, don't sell it to me. I don't have enough money. I'm just a little podcaster here. Um, But for the benefit of the Bears fans, I think a fresh new start, um, maybe in a fresh new stadium in the next decade, could do the trick. All right. So, glad to have some football talk um, finally leading up to the season starting because there's it's going to be every week. It's going to be an every week thing um, with football season. Maybe one week I'll take a break. Maybe that will be Bears bye week or something. I don't know. Um, but I've said everything I wanted to for this segment, so I will be going on to the next segment in which I'll be talking about MLB baseball, talking about the um, the standings, the Cubs, the White Sox, and the power rankings up next here on the 211th edition of Monday Mana Sports Talk here on August 16th, 2021. Be back in just a bit. Stay tuned. Welcome in to Monday Mana Sports Talk. Your one-stop shop for all things Chicago sports and beyond. Right here on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Welcome back to the Madness here on August 16th. Talking the latest in Chicago sports and beyond. So let's get it going with some baseball. North side, south side, and the MLB power rankings. 
That was Massive Vibes, Burn the Stars. Bringing me into the second segment of the day, which is usually the first segment of the day. But I'll let it be like the meat in the middle of the buns. You know, you got the, the small bun on the top, which was the football today. Now you got the meat here with the baseball. And then you got the bottom bun being soccer and probably a little bit of UFC as well. So that's my food analogy. Gotta love them, right? Now it's making me hungry. So let's get to this segment. And hey, might as well eat a cheeseburger while you're at it listening to this baseball segment. Because it's about to get juicy. So, let's start us off with the Cubs. Because there's one thing that I'm actually really happy about. Is that the guys that I really do care about is not experiencing what the Cubs are experiencing right now. Maybe Baez and the Mets being that they just got swept. And then maybe, oh, I don't know, Anthony Rizzo being on a on a, a Yankees team that is surging right now, being like 14-5 and five in their last 19 games. And then you got the Giants being the best team in the league with, with Chris Bryant being on it. And I'm just glad that they're all happy, having fun and being happy because that's what they deserve, okay? But the Cubs... We're all left here stranded. Stranded, I tell you. With guys like Frank Schwindel. I've never heard of his name before. Yeah, he had a nice game-tying home run yesterday, but I don't even know who you are. I remember being at the Cubs-Sox game last week. The first one of the series of Frank Schwindel had a home run in the bottom of the 10th, and it was, it was a two-run shot, but their Cubs are still down by two runs after that, and I was yelling... Let's go, Frankie! I don't know who you are, but let's go! So if Frank Schwindel is your power hitter right now, there's there's something wrong with your Cubs team. I'm just saying that right now. I, I, I'm not... This is not a... This, this is not a shot to you, Frank Schwindel. I, I love you. I, I think you're a great ball player. But you're just in a bad situation with the Cubs. So you have to be the target here. You have to be the victim. And I'm sorry for that. I didn't mean it to be this way, but... It's all Jed Hoyer's fault, okay? Let's just put it that way. It's Jed and the Ricketts family just blowing it all up like it's the freaking 4th of July. Oh, man, this Cubs team has really gotten me like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I just don't. And... I gotta say, just keep losing. You're already losing enough. Like, in the past, they've been like 10 and 35, like I said at the beginning of the show, since the Cubs threw that no-hitter. And that no-hitter, the combined no-hitter, was the highest point of the season for the Cubs. And it could have not gotten any more low after that. And literally after that, they won an 11-game losing streak. That's where it all started. And that's, at that point, the Cubs were eight and a half games back in the division. And guess what? The Cubs are now 20 and a half games back in the division. So we could just throw all of that aside. Don't even have to worry about the Cubs being in the wild card division lead or anything. Don't even worry about the Cubs being over 500 at the end of the season. Because honestly, let's just try not to lose 100 games, okay? Let's just not be the worst team after being one of the better teams in the first half of the season. Because at one point, the Cubs are top 10 in the power rankings. And now they're not even top 25, probably. That's nuts. 
but I've said it. The Cubs now have a stronger farm system. Not the strongest, not of the strongest, but a stronger farm system. I think they could have gotten a better return with Bryant and Rizzo and Baez, but they got good additions. They got a future shortstop, a future closer. They also got a potential future center fielder. They got options. And then Brandon Davis being the best of them all. So the future looks okay. I think we should really look forward to the debut of Brendan Davis. That's going to be the start of a new era. And then possibly look forward to another bigger free agent signing at the end of the season. I'm going to guess it's going to be Bryant or Rizzo. I don't see Baez coming back. But honestly, either of them coming back is fine by me. But I'm just saying what I think is most likely going to happen. Um, And you know what? To all you Baez, Bryant, Rizzo fans, I love you still. And I love Bryant, Baez, and Rizzo. But I don't love you, Jed Hoyer, right now. The thing that, and I said it last week and the week before, the thing I'd be really mad about is if Jed Hoyer doesn't take advantage of the money he received and the Ricketts not taking the money for, I don't know, making a new sports page right off of, what, Sheffield and what was it, Ashland? Not Ashland. Ashland doesn't even cut through Wrigley Field. Um, Addison, yeah, Sheffield and Addison, like right off of that corner where the Billy Williams statue is, they're building an actual sports page there, like a like a, like a a betting place. That money could have been used for actually something more exciting. I could bet on my phone and be right in Wrigley Field and be fine. Go on DraftKings. And that's literally who's sponsoring the sports page is DraftKings. I could literally go on my phone and bet there. Yes, it's nice to have an environment where maybe you're outside the stadium and you want to make a bet you don't have to obviously pay to get in. You just make bets. You know, the environment's cool. I've been at the Westgate Hotel in Las Vegas. That's a cool spot. I mean, but I got my cell phone. I could just do a bet right here, right now. So, um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not betting on the Cubs at all. I'm going to bet on them to lose. Because every single game they play from here on out, after being swept by the Marlins... I am going to expect the Cubs are going to be an underdog in these games. And maybe it is better to bet on the Cubs if they're an underdog. That will win you more of a payout. So choose wisely, Cubs fan, or any sports better betting on the Cubs. Just make sure you know that they're going to win because they're most likely not going to win. Um, but, yeah, come on, Ricketts. Why Why a sports bar? Why? Why? Why that? You already have enough of those. Let somebody else build it. Let Mayor Lightfoot build that somewhere else. But I think Wrigley Field is being too modernized. The beautiful thing about Wrigley Field is its culture and its history. And it's being diminished by all these big things that are being built. That instead of those things being built, a better team would be built. And it's not... It's nice to see the renovations because it feels like I'm living in the future. But sometimes I don't want to live in the future. And those times when I don't want to live in the future, I go to a place like Wrigley Field with its rich history and with its very long and, you know, proud. I would I would say I'm a proud Cubs fan, maybe a proud Cubs history. I mean, besides the long 108-year drought with no World Series, you got to admire... The Cubs' rich history with Billy Williams, like I mentioned, Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks, Ryan Sandberg, and the and the everybody. I I, I always look back at um, 
the the Wood twenty twenty strikeout game. So the Kerry Wood, that was an amazing, amazing one of the best, probably the best pitching performance I've ever seen in my life. You know, you may I'd rather see you throw a one hit, no hit, like it doesn't have to be a no hitter. I'd rather th- have you have you throw twenty strikeouts because that shows how dominant you are. No one can catch up to you if you're that dominant throwing twenty strikeouts in a game. That's insane. I'd rather see what would you rather see? A twenty strikeout game or a no hitter? I'd rather see a I'd rather see a twenty strikeout game because those are more rare, especially. No hitters this year. Think about it. There hasn't been a 20 strikeout game in the past, I think, since Max Scherzer, if I'm correct. Um, they're, they're, 20 strikeout games are just more rare. That just goes to show how dominant a, a pitcher is. You know, Alec Mills is the perfect example for what I'm about to say is a lot of pitchers are, rely on their no hitters by hitters hitting it into the defense and the defense having a good game there's a bigger difference when the defense is you know causing the no hitter when instead of the pitcher causing the no hitter the only thing that the pitcher is doing is prolonging his innings but when you pitch 20 strikeouts that's a minimum of 60 pitches so that pitcher is pitching a long ways you know a bat you know a put out or a fly out is just a minimum of one pitch but you have to pitch three pitches to get a strikeout so your pitcher's probably pitching around 80 pitches at minimum for a 20 strikeout game. That means your pitcher is working hard. And that's the sign of dominance. That's why I say Kerry Woods 20 strikeout game was the best moment at Wrigley Fields and the most dominant pitching performance of all time. At least one of them. Because I've seen a lot of them. And they're 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 special in their own ways. And Kerry being a rookie, we just saw it um this past week. With um, you know another another no hitter with rookie Diamondbacks pitcher. I'm gonna pull up his name because I keep forgetting it. Um, Gilbert Tyler Gilbert uh, throwing a no hitter in his debut. The reason why I didn't know his name is because it was his debut, and now we all know his name because of this moment. Um. And that was probably the best moment in the Arizona Diamondback season, especially against the the San Diego Padres, which is a team that knows how to hit. Um, so you got to love that. You got to love that. So that's my spiel on the Cubs. I know I went on a little tangent there because of, you know baseball. You got to love it. Um, but I'm really, really, really excited for the South Side baseball because you know when. The Sox started to get bad. The, the Cubs started to get good. But now when the Cubs are starting to get bad, the Sox are just always coming back and being the best team that they can possibly be. And that's this season. Now, I think there are some flaws, but in every big, t- good team comes those flaws and comes some inconsistencies. And we saw those inconsistencies even with the 2016 World Series Chicago Cubs. Um, you know, they had inconsistencies with their closers. That's why the Sox wanted to get Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks. Maybe Liam Hendricks is your eighth inning guy. Maybe the recent struggles between Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks goes to show that the both of those guys being on the same team, they need some time together. But that's what's so nice about the Sox being like, what, nine and a half games in front in, in first place is they have room to even still develop this season. 
And I think that's the great thing about being in the American League Central for this White Sox team that is a great White Sox team hitting-wise. But the Indians, or uh, the Guardians, I know they're not officially the Guardians now, but I'm going to start getting used to calling the Indians the Cleveland's Guardians. I'm doing the the Dr. Evil um, Guardians. Like, the you point the two fingers. The evil Indi- uh, Cleveland Guardians, if you may say. Um, but uh, the White Sox are 10 games in front, and they're in a comfortable spot, which means that they have room to make mistakes. And that's why it is not as concerning for me to see Liam Hendricks have trouble or even Craig Kimbrell have trouble. They have room for those mistakes. And that's a fine thing because through those mistakes comes better days. You got sometimes you gotta take two steps back to take five steps forward, you know? So it, it it's gotta work in such a fashion for teams to get better even throughout the season. It's 162 games. Needless to remind you. So that but that, you know, they, they have room to grow. But when the White Sox obviously love to win when they can and it's going to be a very interesting series for this upcoming series against the Oakland Athletics, who are also 68-50, and 50, in which the Sox are 68-50. and 50. So two 68-50 teams are about to match up at guaranteed rate field, which starts tonight at 7-10 against the Oakland Athletics. That is going to be a very interesting series right there. Um, I think the series is being actually probably ignored too much. Who's going to be the better team coming out of it? And also... The White Sox are looking for revenge after being eliminated by the Athletics last year in the playoffs. So this is going to be a very good series, um, something that I would watch on TV because you're also going to see Len Casper. Uh, Jason Benetti, he is out. Um, God bless him with COVID-19. Um, so God, um, like I said, God bless Jason Benetti, one of my favorite announcers right now. He even, I, uh, I think he caught it when he was calling the semifinals and finals game in Japan for the Tokyo 2020 baseball gold medal games. Um, so that was Jason Benetti, but hopefully I, I really hope it gets better. But Len Casper as a Cubs fan, y'all, y'all gotta know he's more than capable of doing TV. Probably the Sox are blessed to have Len Casper and Jason Benetti. I think between the dynamic duo between TV announcer to radio announcer, those are the best two guys. So I got to hand to the Sox for that. Um, but I am gonna really, really pay attention to this this Oakland Athletics here. I think there's gonna, I think with what I just said, I think both of these teams even are gonna figure out each other's strengths and weaknesses, and they can adjust on that throughout the season. But the problem with the Athletics is, is they don't have a lot of room to improve because they're two and a half games behind the the Astros, who are just consistently winning at least. 500 which the athletics need to catch up on and then the mariners are 63 and 56 eight games behind um so this is when we've got to start talking about the wild card too because there's some divisions that are starting to be so widespread that the the teams that are behind need at least stay in the race um and i'm gonna give you those names you got boston in the american league east Fine for a spot. So if the Chicago White Sox fall off the map, that's not going to be a big deal. Because you also got Cleveland, who are just as much as they are out of the division race, they are also 10 games out of the wild card race. So you got to think about Cleveland and their competitive level. Maybe you just got to give the White Sox the American League Central at this point, being the only 500 team in that division, being 68 and 50. 
So you got to think about that. Um, New York Yankees are two and a half games out of the wild card behind Boston, but they are surging. They got their seven and three in their last 10. Um, they lost the unbelievable, unbelievable night that was last Thursday night in Iowa at the Field of Dreams game. And I can't tell you enough how awesome that event was. It's an event that was six years in the making after one person said, hey, we should play a baseball game at the Field of Dreams movie site. And honestly, it works up because not only is it a great venue, a great homage to an, uh, one of the best baseball movies that has ever been made, it's also the first ever MLB game played in Iowa. So Iowa won. Everybody won. Every, it was the most um, watched regular season game in MLB since 16 years ago. So if that event doesn't say enough, I don't know what does. And the fact that they walked out of the corn at the beginning, that was, it was just a beautiful... I mean, I, I could just host a whole segment about this game. This game was insane. I mean, what, nine home runs combined? Unbelievable. But... um Kevin Costner was out at the second base line and, you know, it was out there to the theme of the, the movie soundtrack. And all of a sudden you see in the right center field wall where there's an opening of corn. You just got White Sox and Yankees players starting with the starting lineups, walking out slowly like they're like coming from heaven. I don't think I've ever seen a most badass intro in my life for baseball. Other than a guy the other day I posted on my Snapchat walked out with a caddy and a caddy gave him his bat or the guy who actually made his his own intro and came up with a microphone. I've seen pretty cool intros, but not none like this. This is an homage. This is sympathetic. This is this made made our relationship with baseball that just more more sweeter. It was hard not to love baseball on Thursday night. And the fact that it was a game that literally ended in extra innings and in the fact, or not extra innings, in the bottom of the ninth and um, felt like that it was a long game and the Yankees literally scoring four in the top of the ninth to take the lead. And then Eloy Jimenez hitting, not Eloy Jimenez, I'm saying Tim Anderson hitting. Eli did hit a home run in that game, so don't count him out. But Tim Anderson hitting the game-winning two-run shot to right. And I can't forget the walk. That was uh, Chevy Zavala before that. He went from 0-2 to 4-2. It's hard to do. And if Zavala didn't walk, I don't think the the White Sox could have won that game at that point. Um, So good stuff there. So, yeah, I mean, it was hard not to be romantic about baseball on Thursday night. And that's what I loved about it. That's the thing we took out of it. And the 8,000 fans that were there got to see a – it was just a treat for them. They got to not only be at the game, they got to be on site of the movie watching an MLB game. Obviously, the site wasn't on the exact baseball field, but it was literally like 100 yards away from it in the same cornfield. The same exact cornfield in which – we saw Shoeless Joe Jackson, in which Ray Liotta played Shoeless Joe Jackson, walk out. We saw Ray Liotta. If you know who Ray Liotta is, you know what I'm talking about. 
Ray Liotta walking out of the corn. Nothing can't get any better than that. So great stuff. Unbelievable game. And um, after that, though, the Yankees go on a two-game winning streak at great guaranteed rate field. And it goes to show that the, the Yankees are dominant. The Yankees went 5-1 and one against the White Sox this season. And they're 65-52, and 52, yet they stand in a very difficult AL East in which Boston and Tampa Bay are also vying for a division spot, which is complicating the, the chances for the New York Yankees in which they are five and a half games out, but two teams are also vying. It's kind of like the NL Central of 2015 or 2016. You had three teams in the mix. Um, now we got an AL East that is just stacked. Even the NL East, it's even closer there. Atlanta just took the lead in the NL East. So, wow, they're just crazy right now. Last game, last 10 games, 8-2, 62-56 and 56 above the Philadelphia Phillies, who are 61-57, and 57, and the New York Mets at 59-58, and 58, in which the New York Mets have been 3-7 and seven in their past 10 games. If we're talking about who's the hot and who's not, it's about the New York Mets and who's not, because they are, have been ice cold of late. Um, but yeah, let's continue on with, um, the NL Central Milwaukee, eight games in front of Cincinnati, um, and 10 games in front of St. Louis, NL West, San Francisco, four games in front of the Dodgers, and what? 10 games in front of the, the, the Padres. So the Padres are now vying out of that spot in the NL West. So it's going to be between probably the Dodgers and, um, Giants, so what a what a what a division that is, um, San Diego. Um, they're what in in terms of the wilds card, they're falling back a little bit, just a little bit. You know, look at the NL wild card race. Cincinnati's coming in hot, and St. Louis is coming in hot, and then Philadelphia's coming in hot. And guess who's behind Philadelphia? The New York Mets. And if those two aren't in, it's gotta be the Atlanta Braves. So. San Diego and L.A. L.A. being six in front in that wild card race, which is important for them, but there's more teams vying in the in the wild card race, so you got to stay a winning team. And that's what the Dodgers have been in the past series. They're, they're, they've won three in a row against the New York Mets. And that was huge for the Dodgers. Um, Cincinnati coming in hot. I want Cincinnati to do good. I'm actually rooting for Cincinnati. And if Cincinnati's playing the Cubs, honestly, beat the Cubs. I'm done with the Cubs right now. The Cubs are even 15 games out of the wild card. I'm done. I'm done with the Cubs. And if the Cubs were still actually decent, they could have had a shot for the wild card. But now they don't. I'm done with the Cubs. For now. For now. Um, so we'll talk about them, but I'm done for now. Um, so you got San Francisco, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Boston, Oakland, Chicago, White Sox, Houston, and Tampa Bay, all in playoff positions right now. Um, let's look at the power rankings while we're at it. Number one, Giants, obviously the number one team, best record in baseball at 76 and 42. They've won 12 of their past 15 games. Chris Bryant is good. And on Monday... They will be going, um, starting up against a series against the Mets. They're going to play a series against the Athletics, Braves, Brewers, and Dodgers. So they're going to they're going to show a lot of what they're made of against those 
all those playoff contenders. Um, number two, Dodgers. They've won 10 of their last 13 um, since the trade deadline, and Max Scherzer has been good as advertised, as said by MLB.com. Um, he's allowed 16 over... Um, he's allowed four runs over 16 innings, uh, which is a 2.20 ERA, which is really decent. So Max Scherzer being dominant and him being on a winning team, it could get dangerous in the NL West with the Dodgers against the uh, Giants. So that's why this 19-game stretch for the Giants is very important to see if they can keep up this uh, this lead in the NL West and the best um, the best record in baseball. Who thought that the Giants would be posing that threat, right? Um, number three, Rays. Last week they were at five. They um, did lose their final two against the Twins this past uh, weekend, but um, Tampa Bay has won 11 of 16, and now they have two-and-a-half game lead against the Red Sox, so uh, that's pretty good. Number four, Astros, or the Cheaters. They The Cheaters have... Um, been doing pretty well of late, um, but uh, I'm just not running for them, so I'm just going to skip them. Number five, Brewers. Last week, they were six, so I think it's rightfully so that the Brewers, being that they have a substantial lead in the Central, they're on pace for 98 wins, which would break a season franchise record that they set in 2011 with 96 and 66, and then in 2018, they were 96 and 67. Um... They are 15-2 and two in their last 17 road games, which is a huge stat that uh, should be presented because, you know, there's a lot of teams in the NL Central that don't do good on the road. I'm talking to you, Chicago Cubs. Uh, but uh, a big set coming up against the Cardinals uh, beginning on Tuesday, tomorrow. Uh, let's look at the rest of the 30 teams. White Sox are in 6th. A's are in 7th. Padres in 8th. They've dropped immensely. Uh, not- Yankees are in 9th, and the Red Sox are in 10th. But as far as that goes, um, my my final thoughts on baseball um, being that I really do have a lot of faith in the White Sox, um, but I really don't think that I I, I, it pays me to say it because I really want the White Sox to win. But you know, I you know. I love baseball, and I love trying to analyze it from the best capability possible. I just don't think the White Sox are going to be in the World Series this year. Now, hear me out. I know you might be mad at me as a White Sox fan if you really do believe in the team. Because if you if they make it, I, I, I'm not, not going to be surprised, but I'm just not expecting that. And like I said about the Bears, I'm not expecting them to be the best team in the NFC North. And I'm not expecting the White Sox to be the best team in the American League. You know, I just want them to, like I said about them earlier, develop what they need to develop in season so that they can reach that point. Because they got time. They got a substantial lead in the AL Central and a weak AL Central that they could really gain some ground and figure themselves even uh, figure themselves out even more. Because the late pitching has been concerning, being that they do have a Hall of Fame closer in Craig Kimbrell and a potential Hall of Fame closer in Liam Hendricks. So the problems that they've had at the end of the bullpen has been concerning, but I feel like they're going to figure that out because Tony Larissa needs to kind of calculate how he wants to work with Craig Kimbrell 
and Liam Hendricks. Sometimes their offense gets a little inconsistent, and that's okay. That's natural, but that cannot happen in the playoffs, and I feel I feel like that's what's going to happen. That's what happened last year in the playoffs, and they just, hopefully they'll learn from that and uh, move that forward. But I want the White Sox to surprise me. I want to say that the White Sox aren't going to make it to the World Series, but I want them to. So surprise me, Chicago, because I'm all in for them making the World Series and winning it. Because they have the potential, but I really do think that the Tampa Bay Rays, the top three series in the AL East, let alone the the Astros and Athletics in the in the West, um, but the White Sox, I think, is that middle ground right now, and um, they've got to they've got to show themselves off as a team that's unique and has the capabilities of doing something even greater. But that's it for baseball. Uh, see, I told you it's the meat in the middle of the bun. For the for this segment, and uh, I guess that's what the show is going to be called today: is the meat in the middle of the bun. Um, <laughs> gotta love it. Gotta love my cheeseburgers. Uh, Swiss cheese is my favorite, but on a normally on a cheeseburger, I'd, I just go with American cheese. Um, I just think that's the best. Anyways, I'll uh, have to bid you adieu on this segment, and the next segment will surpass the hour at least. But uh, talk some MLS soccer. Premier League just started, so I'll talk about that. My Manchester United got a first win, and that's that's fun to watch. Um, And then last week I talked about Messi, so I won't have to talk about him this week. But uh, also UFC got an event coming up this weekend, and then don't we also have... I could talk about it next week, but Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley's coming up fast, so that's something we can think about. Um, but as of right now, got combat sports and soccer coming up right here, right now, here on the 211th edition of Monday Mana Sports Talk here on August 16th, 2021. Be back in just a bit. Stay tuned. We are back with the madness here on August 16th, 2021. Bringing it here with Bouquet Cool. Helping me conclude this, the 211th episode of Monday Meta Sports Talk. Let's do it. Whew. So, I'm going to start us off with some soccer. Some football, if you may say, in the Major League Soccer world where uh, some strides have been made by our very own Chicago Fire yesterday, beating the defending champions of the MLS, the Columbus Crew, by a score of one nothing at Soldier Field. Getting a goal is Lucas Stojanovic at the 77th minute um, off a deflection ball in the 10-yard box, and boom goes the dynamite into the back of the net. Uh, and uh, there's a replay on it. And if you look closely to the left of the goal on the replay, you'll see there's a guy behind the word dog. It's a Vienna hot dog advertisement. And you'll see there's a guy right there in a gray shirt and a mask on Having no reaction at all to it, I was just literally standing statue, obviously paying attention, but I was I was doing uh, photo marshal work for the Chicago Fire yesterday, and um, God bless my my, uh, 
my duties at the Chicago Fire. I love the staff there, and I love the culture, and I love the Chicago Fire as a whole. It's made me connected with the team that I've loved for a very long time. So thank you to the Chicago Fire, who's been providing me the best experience that I could possibly get um, to start off my professional sports career, I hope. Um, So thank you to them, and thank you for providing an unbelievable game yesterday. Now, the Fire has gotten six points in the last two games, uh, beating New York Red Bulls and Columbus Crew, which is always a tough task to win simultaneously like that. Um, And all because of Luka Stojanovic, and he's the MLS Player of the Week. Also, um, was... Uh, I think Corva was one of the defenders of the week, too. He was on the MLS um, team of the week as well. Um, but at least MLS player of the month, God think Lucas Stojanovic is making a push for it. He's on a cr- incredible place, pace right now for the Chicago Fire team um, that has only given up one goal in their last two games. And, um, you know, I'm really, really impressed with the Chicago Fire team. And yet, um, you know, actually... In the last three games, they've only given up one goal. Um, two goals, if you count the last four. Um, so, you know, you talk about the defense for the Chicago Fire team. They they really do get back to that back quarter, and they really put pressure, especially on um, Xerxes Sardes, who's a player on the United States national team. He, he was contained yesterday. He was double teamed. He was pressed. There was no room for, other than maybe a couple of sharp angle shots for uh, for that of Zardes yesterday, and he just could not come through. And for the Chicago Fire defense to do that, to compress him like that, was was actually really impressive. Um, so the guy you saw in that replay was me. I was standing there, sitting there, just enjoying the crowd. I love the crowd, but I'm also, you know, obviously on duty. I'm making sure that the, the photographers are doing what they need to do, and, of course, being the best angles that they, they can be to make the shots. And, um, you know, so shout-out to all the the players and the hard workers at Soldier Field for those soccer games. And I think the environment at Soldier Field is different, and it, it's very reminiscent of that of maybe a Chicago Bears game. But uh, just to be in that stadium, feeling the environment, and um, you know, having fun with it. When the, when the United when, when Chicago scores a goal, it sounds like there's sixty thousand fans in there instead of the ten thousand, which is the usual uh, attendance count. Um, but uh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. And um, always very proud of uh, Chicago Fire when they 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 go on runs like this. So now they're on a six game away. Um, they have six consecutive games um, on the road featuring Inter-Miami on Wednesday, Orlando City on Saturday, New York. They go to New York um, next Saturday, and then they play Sporting KC, DC United, and Montreal. And then after Montreal, Chicago comes back home on September 22nd for a game against the New the New England Revolution. And then they got three straight games at home after that. Um, so that's going to be a busy week of Chicago Fire action from 22 to 29 um, if you want to come to Soldier Field for that, I plead you, do it. It's so worth it. It's so much fun. The the culture is so much fun. Go to the south end of the stadium and uh, enjoy the the um, the fans that are always singing, always banging the drums. If if you don't like that, don't sit in the south end. But I highly recommend doing it because the energy is something else and nothing like a, sh- a soccer game. I'm just telling you that nothing like it. 
Watching it live is so much different than watching it on TV because the action is right in front of you and you feel like everything that happens in the front quarter for any team is always an opportunity um, because it just feels like that when you're at the game. Um, When watching on TV, it just feels like nothing's happening until something happens, you know? Um, That's at least how usually what people feel like when they watch soccer on TV. Uh, but in terms of the MLS, as I kind of conclude this conversation, because um, we are approaching our MMA discussion, talking mixed martial arts, um, Eastern Conference, New England, New York City, FC, Nashville, Orlando City, Philadelphia, DC United, and Montreal are all in the top seven, which is um, the playoff tiers. Uh, and then um, kind of flirting around that area is Columbus, Atlanta United, and Chicago. Chicago has played only uh, 19, which is the average amount of games um, these teams have played. However, they have 20 points in the standings. They're 5-5-9, five, five, and nine, and they had a they had a slow start at the beginning of the season, but now they're catching up. They're only six games behind the next playoff spot. That's two wins away, and uh, we're just past the halfway mark of the season. Uh, but uh, given the fact that if Chicago keeps up this pace, maybe win three out of the six, draw one out of the six, and maybe take the two losses on the road, um, Chicago could really start making a push, um, especially if they're playing teams like Montreal, D.C. United, who are, who, who are literally their competition for being in the playoffs. They need to have those wins. And Orlando uh, City as well, in which Chicago has already beaten this season. Um, so... That is a big, big um, development, I think, as the Chicago Fire. You also got Atlanta United at 21 points and Columbus in which Chicago just beat. So Chicago literally kept Columbus at bay in yesterday's game uh, to stay in the playoff discussion. Um, Let's look at the Western Conference. Sporting KC, Seattle Sounders, LA Galaxy, Colorado, Minnesota, Real Salt Lake, and Portland are in the top seven. Um, Also, you got LAFC with the same amount of points as Portland with San Jose, FC Dallas, and Houston Dynamo right behind them um, with at least less than two games apart. So still some close action in the MLS. And I think with the MLS, all these teams are just so close-knitted. Like, I feel like with the Premier League sometimes, you know, obviously with it being way more talented um, in terms of international-level competition, um, you know, it feels like once, like, you see the teams start to to separate in the standings. You kind of know what happens. But in the MLS, we're we're a little bit past halfway. We still don't know who's going to be in the playoffs. So that's crazy. I I like the MLS for that reason. I think it makes it different for us to want to pay attention. And the fact that Atlanta gets and Seattle get like 40,000 views in a a game and compared to the 10,000 that Chicago gets, like – People here in Chicago, I feel like, need to start getting enthusiastic about soccer, especially now with the Cubs going downhill. I don't know what's happening with the Bulls and Blackhawks. I think the Bulls are getting better, obviously. But soccer is awesome. And watching it live is just another animal in and in itself. So go to a game. Do it. I beg of you to do it. Uh, but uh, I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to – I'm trying to at least you know, make a fun night for you, a nice, fun sports night. And uh, maybe you'll see me. Who knows? Um, but in that case scenario, um, 
I really have a lot of faith in the fire and I'm coming back and you don't know what's going to happen in the MLS standings. But in terms of the Premier League, obviously the season just started. Um, but it's nice to see the Premier League back in action after a fun Euro tournament and uh, an interesting offseason. So um, looking forward to that being it is match day game one. Big um, the, the big leaders is Manchester United scoring five goals against Leeds in their first game. So they are technically in first game in terms of goal differential. Then you got Chelsea, Liverpool, West Ham, and Everton. But obviously it's the first game of the season. It's not... Notable to talk about the standings, but when you talk about first game jitters and first game appearances, Manchester United in that first game against Leeds, they gave up a late um, a goal early in the second half to tie it up at one, but then literally immediately after that, Manchester United responds and, and gets four goals. Chelsea with a big win in, in their own right against um, Crystal Palace. Uh, and then you saw... What, Liverpool getting an, another great win as well. They played Norwich City. Uh, so, I mean, you're going to see some more notable matchups when as the weeks go on, but um, it's it, it, it's going to get interesting, and I'm really excited. Manchester City lost, so I'm happy about that. They lost to Tottenham. I think that was the most um, notable uh, results from this past week. It's a one nothing win, um, Tottenham beating Man City. So um, that's off to Tottenham for that one. Uh, but yeah, that's at least for the Premier League. Let's move on to some UFC talk. Um, and I just want to remind you, you are listening to Monday Man of Sports Talk, the 211th edition of such. Uh, codename, Meat in the Middle of the Bun. as what I'm planning on calling it. Um, to, so this upcoming weekend, uh, following now UFC 265, the, I think one of the worst pay-per-views of the year, UFC 265, Moves on to a pretty decent card, starting at 9 o'clock this weekend. Jared Cannonier and Kelvin Gastelum at middleweight, the main event there. Um, I'm putting my money on Gastelum, but Jared Cannonier, man, I think the odds are going to be close for this one. I'm actually going to look at the odds right now just to assure myself that um, they are indeed close, um, as close as I think they are. Um, so let's check up on these odds sponsored not sponsored but brought to you by DraftKings is which the my my um preferable way to bet um so let's look at UFC this upcoming weekend I'm going to scroll all the way down to it cuz it's not I don't think it there I don't think it's available yet no I'll have to make a search I guess Alrighty. I will make a search. UFC. There we go. We we got it now. We got the results of what I needed to find. So on Saturday, uh, Cannonier versus Gastelum. As I predicted, very close uh, odds here. Cannonier is a minus 150, and Kelvin Gastelum is a plus 130. I'm putting my money on Gastelum, but I'm going to wait until the fight the the fighter props come up so I, I can predict on rounds and everything. And um. I, I think that this is going to go to a decision, to be honest with you, in favor of Kelvin Gastelum. He did it last time um, in, in his last fight, and I think he has the ability to do it again. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum coming off of his big win. Um, what was it? It was, yeah, it was Ian Heinich in that UFC 258 middleweight bout um, on February 13th. And then actually, 
um, recently, most recently, was Robert Whitaker beating Calvin Gastelum by decision. So if you got to think about it, Calvin Gastelum can get the distance. He he really can fight to the last second. So Jared Cannonier, I haven't seen that of him. Um, last time Jared Cannonier fought, uh, let's let's see what his uh, track record is. It wasn't even in 2021. He lost his last fight against Robert Whitaker. So both of these guys in their last fight has lost to Robert Whitaker. Um, and then he, uh, Jared Cannonier won against Anderson Silva by knockout at UFC 237. And he won uh, by knockout against Jack Hermanson. So you don't see Cannonier very often. So that's, I think, what makes this UFC event a bit more valuable this upcoming weekend. Um because Calvin Gaslam, he's always a notable fighter, but Cannonier, he can explode at any time. And honestly, if anyone's going to win by knockout, it's Cannonier. But if anyone's going to win by decision, it's going to be Kelvin Gaslam. So that's where, if you want to put your money line somewhere, that's what I think is going to happen. So let's look at the other fights on this card this upcoming weekend. We got Clay Guida against Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen at 10-0, and and Clay Guida, the veteran, has lost 17 Clay Guida has lost way more than what Mark Madsen has won in his career. Heavyweights, Parker Porter against Chase Sermon. I've never heard any of those names before and really any of the names that I see on this list other than the flyweight bout between Alexandre Pantoa versus Brandon Royval. Looking for Brandon Royval. That's kind of your uh, your sleeper fight right there. Um, anything in the prelim card that I should look at? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Brian Kelleher at Bantamweight will be fighting Domingo Pilarte. Brian Kelleher, always a fun guy to watch. William Knight at light heavyweight. He's going to be fighting Fabio Chirant. Um, But that's really it. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the main card. And that's going to be late on ESPN. So a night, if you want a nice late fight night, make some bets on Saturday night, look no further than ESPN the network. And um, they're not. I promise you they're not paying me to say that. Um and um yeah and you're not paying me to listen to the broadcast so that's always a good uh good trade-off so as far as i'm concerned that's really all i got for you today like i said it was gonna be a short episode at the beginning i mean only what 10 minutes shorter than what it was in the radio last week so getting the most best of both worlds both podcasts and radio so as a reminder next week you'll hear the broadcast on 88.3 fm in the northwest suburbs of chicago um, also on HarperRadio.com and always on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Every other week, I do a podcast, and every other week, I do a radio show. But still, every week is that of Monday Matter Sports Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in to this, the 211th episode of Such on August 16th, 2021. Got some football talking, got some baseball, got some soccer, and got some UFC to discuss. Always and always a great time serving you, the listener. Thank you so much for listening and stay safe out there. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid like I usually do. But always have a great one. I'll see you next time.